probably the reason why I'm alive right now. My family is the only reason I'm alive right now because it sure as hell isn't me. It sure as hell isn't this world. Mm. It sure as hell isn't my future. Sean, and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives, and we almost never talk about it. We certainly don't talk about it enough. When we do talk about it, many of us, including me, are not very good at it. So one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations with attempt survivors, and hopefully better conversations. Now, if you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com, on Facebook or Twitter, at SuicideNoted. And as I say often, check the show notes. There's another way to reach out to us via a recorded message, and you could learn more about some other really cool things we're doing and we're getting involved with. Uh, Sponsorships and presentations and a membership, uh, among other things. So have a quick look at that. As always, feel free to reach out to me by social media or email or audio. I'd be happy to continue the conversation, answer any questions. In addition to all that, we will soon be running some contests. I will keep you abreast on that too. I know I'm such a tease. I want to let you know some cool things we have in store for January and beyond. But mostly, more than anything, whatever you do, however you are involved, however you participate, we really appreciate it. So thank you. Finally, we are talking about suicide on this podcast, as the title suggests. may not be a good fit for everyone, so please take that into account before or as you listen. But I do hope you listen, because there is so much to learn. Today, I am talking with Trent. Trent lives in Arizona, and he is a suicide attempt survivor. So, Mr. Trent in Arizona. So we are here today uh, on in uh, early November 2022. Yes. I'm in North Carolina. You're in Arizona. And we're going to be talking at least in part about uh, suicide. Right. Which is not a very common thing people talk about. Right. Although it happens all the time. Yeah. And all the time. It's a reality of life. Yeah. People talk way more about raising kittens than suicide. (laughs) Yeah. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. There's so many questions I could ask, but how is it that you're here with me talking about this subject? Big question. Good question. I don't know if I have a a great answer for it. I actually heard you on a different podcast, looking around on Spotify for suicide podcasts, uh, because I'm I'm there. I'm there. And heard you talking to somebody else about it and just started listening to some of your podcasts. And for some reason, I got the idea to just get on here and share my story. Don't know if it'll help somebody. I know it, it'll probably help me a little bit. I talked to, I've been talking to a lot of people since July. I've talked to 988 several times. I see it. It's kind of like a pressure cooker. You know, you have the little valve that lets this pressure out, mm-hmm. but it doesn't explode. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what talking about it is to me. I can't afford therapy. I don't mm-hmm. have therapy money. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to run out of insurance because insurance is in my now ex-wife's name. So she's going to be dropping me off of that. So I'm I'm fighting it myself. It's me. Right. We don't and, talk about that a lot with when you're doing it alone and when your means, resources, essentially money doesn't allow you to get some of the things that might help. Right. Yeah. This is This is a problem that affects all people, but... Yeah. I don't have data. It impacts be- poor people a whole lot more. Now, I'm not saying you're poor, but when you don't have money. Uh, close to damn enough. <laughs> yeah. I get the sense, and we'll talk about it, that it wasn't always that way. Right. Right. When you say, yeah. quote, uh, I'm there. You said, I'm there. That I, I, I was looking for suicide stuff and found your podcast because I'm there. I'm in you're the dark. There. Yeah. I My recent attempt was July 24th, just a few months ago. I've been in Tennessee for the past three months, and we'll get to that in the story. But sure. I actually came back with the intention to do it, actually do it. Tennessee to Arizona. Yeah. yeah. My family is in Tennessee. Well, who's in Arizona? My 
ex-wife. Where This is where I used to live. That's why I call this a house that used to be a home. Can I put two, two th- a couple things together here that might be wrong? Is it a coincidence that you wanted to potentially do it there with that person around nearby? Yes. And also my family's not around. Okay. Because I don't want my, I especially don't want my mom to find me, especially after what we've been through in the past couple months. Because I I lost my dad just about three or four weeks ago. Oh, this has been a fucking tough go for you, my man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have a sense of why you started looking for a podcast like this and why you reached out to me and a little background. Let me ask you one or two questions and then we could sort of get into it more explicitly. You had an attempt in July. Ever have another attempt in your life? Earlier when I was a kid, they weren't very serious though. Okay. It was stupid stuff. I've always had an issue with my self-worth and my place in this world, my purpose. And I still haven't found that out yet. But when I was younger, the world is kind of cruel. If you are a little bit different, everybody knows it and everybody treats you that way. And yeah, I was a little bit different Mm -hmm. and I got treated that way. Friends aren't friends sometimes, and that can take a toll on you. So when I was younger, I would, you know, trying to deal with, I didn't know that much about suicide. I just knew you could do it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly how. I didn't know the methods and the stuff. I don't know, didn't know the stuff I know now. I'm pretty dangerous now. (laughs) Back then, I had asthma pretty bad back then. And I had the, you know, the inhaler. And it was always my understanding that if you take too much of this stuff, it will blow your heart up. It's it was my understanding as a kid back then. So I decided to try it one day, just being depressed and everything and uh, took a bunch of puffs of it. And nothing happened. Uh, Yeah, I got a little excited. So I don't know how much it takes for that stuff to work. But it didn't no, work. Probably way more than that's in that canister. Yeah, probably a, a, a you know a good several bottles of it possible. Right. I don't I don't Maybe. really know. I, I'd had another time where it was kind of public uh, at a scout camp, but yeah, that was not not that important. It that was more of a I think a show, mm. a little desperation. Sure. But yeah, I I remember one of your one of the people you talked to. He said. Anytime that you're putting your life in jeopardy on purpose, that is a suicide attempt. So those are the two times that the biggest times other than this past July. This past July, different. Oh, this past July was razor's edge. You grew up in Tennessee? I, I actually grew up in North Carolina. Oh, you did? What part? Close to the mountains. It's a little place, a uh, little place called Hamptonville. Okay. Spent some time it's, in Tennessee, it sounds like. Uh, similar to Similar to Tennessee. Uh, right. the, the town I'll be living in in Tennessee when I get moved there is a little bit bigger. Cool. It's outside of Nashville. If anybody who might know my, about my story is listening, they'll know exactly who I am then. <laughs> okay. Well, but hopefully that's okay because okay, they might. Is. Probably it not. Is, it is what it is. It is what it, it is. is what it is. Fuck it. You got to say what you got to say if you're well, willing right. to say it. There's ways we can cover your identity a little bit, but. It's okay. So the question I would have is, and this is the hardest part, I think, is where does it begin? Well, let's just begin in July, I guess. Okay. Um, A couple weeks before July 23rd, my wife wanted to have a serious talk with me and Uh that wound up getting kind of cut off. Uh, I didn't think too much about it because, I mean, we've been married for 16 years, 18 Uh altogether. Uh No real problems whatsoever. Uh, I mean, we might have had one argument and it wasn't even that much. That's amazing. Uh, I mean, we always seem to click. And, And I thought, at at our point where we were, I thought we were comfortable with each other. Yeah. So July 23rd comes up and she says, I want to finish the talk that we started two weeks ago. And she basically told me, try to be careful with my words here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The She loves me, but she doesn't love me. She's not in love with me. That's what mm-hmm. it is. She loves mm-hmm. me, but she's not in love with me. Mm-hmm. And that she has decided that she is going to explore an alternative lifestyle. The exact words are, I'm a lesbian married to a man. How does that feel to hear that, Trent? I could feel my guts sink into the ground. Yeah. I really didn't hear much of anything else she said. After that. Yeah. Because I was sitting there just dumbfounded and just, just feeling my gut just sink. You didn't know? No. You had no idea? No. No clue. No clue. No clue. Well, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but at that time, no, I had no clue. Right. That was wow. a bad night. Yeah. That was a bad night. 
Did you stay there that I, night? I mean, did you actually stay in the yeah, same house? Yeah. With you? You I, I have nowhere to go. I have yeah. nowhere to go. I have hardly any friends out here. Yeah. Because her and her family and what friends that we had together. You moved from the East to yes. go to Arizona mostly for her. Yeah. I've been here 18 years for her. I mean, it was us. It was us and the dogs and, and her parents. I maybe slept 30 minutes that night. I don't even remember sleeping. Well, before she went to bed, I had a pistol off the side of the chair and I pulled it out and I held it up to her. And I said, you might as well go ahead, take this pistol and shoot me now. I mean, because what what you've done is basically the same thing. When you when you were holding that pistol, I, I apologize if I'm getting a little sensitive here, but I ask yeah. these questions. You don't need to answer them. <laughs> this is probably the kind of thing. If it's a yes, you wouldn't say it for legal reasons, but I'm going to ask anyway. Like, was there any little part of you that wanted to not to, to shoot her? No, I offered her. I offered it to her to shoot me. Shooting her didn't enter my mind at that moment. Right. Right. Just so I'm clear, an hour or two before that, things are mostly okay. I get, I get. If I asked her that question, she would say differently. But things are mostly well, she okay. Would say probably, you know, she was probably say it's lovely, especially okay. after she told me. A couple hours ago, it's okay. You have the talk or, or the continuation of the talk, as, as she framed it. Yeah. Take a gun and kill me. Yeah. So, yeah. So in that moment, it's I cannot imagine my life without you being in it in this way. Correct, and she knew that too. She knew that. I, I told her that she was it. If something happened to her, I would be done. I would give my life for her. I would have bled for her. I mean, that's the way it is. So what happened? Was the way it was. You know. Mm. Yeah. So the next day, so you don't sleep. Next day, after I did that, she just shook her head, told me, you know, like you're being an idiot. Uh, she went to bed and slept like a baby, and I sat in that same chair, just dumbfounded all night. That same feeling all night. She got up the next morning to go hike. It was a, it was Sunday morning. She went up, went out to go hike with her friends, just like nothing ever happened. She she comes walking down the hall, all dressed up to go. And she said, OK, I'm going to going on my hike. Probably going to have breakfast after that. I'll be back sometime. And I I'm just, I'm just sitting there still dumbfounded. Didn't even answer her. She left. And that was the last. Well, the next to the last time I saw her in person, I just sat there for a little while and just broke down and just had a breakdown. It was several hours. Uh, it was probably uh, 11 o'clock here by the time she came back. It was almost around noon and, and I was still just fully broken down. And she walks, opens the door, starts to step in and just looks at me. And I just said, go away. Mm. And she just backed right out and left. And that was the, that was the last time that I saw her in person. Where'd she go? I'm going to say she either went to her friend's, one of her friend's house or her parents' house. My guess would be her parents because they live 30, mi- 30 minutes away from here. Sanctuary outside of here, you know, it's, right. she can go there anytime. That part, that was when it got really bad because I, I, I went down that road, grabbed my gun, walking through the house with my gun in my hand. And I wound up standing at the back door looking out the backyard, ready to go. Yeah. And then the second thought was, the dogs are here. I don't want them to freak out because you know, we have fireworks and it just freaks them out and everything, loud noises. And then, uh, my other thought was, also, where am I going to do this? Walk in the shower, you know, close the curtain and right. all the blood right. drains down the drain. I, I don't know why the cleanliness part came in it, but, you know, it's yeah. crazy thinking. Then I thought about the dogs. And then I thought, well, I can go out in the garage, got a truck with a full tank of gas in it, crank the truck up. It's pretty sealed out there. And I'll just lay down on the exhaust side and go to sleep. So those those were my options at the time. July 24th, July 23rd, July 24th, July 24th, Sunday, Sunday in the afternoon when this Mm -hmm. happened. Do you think and you probably have to speculate here. And I'm, this is not a podcast or a conversation about your your wife. Well, I don't know if she's your ex-wife. Right. You don't get the sense maybe, was she worried about you? Oh, I told her what happened. She wasn't worried. She said, I, she said, I had I had that thought in the back of my mind, but I knew you wouldn't do it because of the dogs. And that was pretty much it. I'm pretty much dead to her. Yeah, she already had me replaced. I'm only saying yes. something that you've probably thought about, and I don't mean to be insensitive. I'm guessing she's been thinking about this thing for a while. She said that she has been 
dealing with this all her life, right. which yeah. I don't believe. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, that's some BS, I think. But asked her, I said, okay, if you were dealing with this, when you met me, why didn't you just turn and walk away or say, look, I'm dealing with this. Maybe this isn't a good idea. And she couldn't answer that. Okay. Yeah. Wait, I, I don't but you have, oh, you've spoken to her. You just haven't seen her. I've, yeah, I've spoken to her several times. I've emailed, emailed, texted everything several times. I mean, we are having to communicate. I will wind up seeing her again because we have paperwork to do to finalize things as far as the divorce goes, which I'm not looking forward to it, but it has to be done. I'm sure she's not looking forward to it either because we've had some pretty rough conversations between then and now. Right. Yeah. Do you choose the gun or the car? Well, I actually didn't choose either because I'm here. Um, the guns. Well, you could have tried. Well, you could have tried, and it didn't work. Yeah, the guns quicker. The car. You know, I don't know. The car might have not worked. Right. Guns but, don't always work either. Well, if you know what you're doing, then probably. Uh, I know what I'm doing. I know yeah. what I'm doing. I like. I've I've been versed in this. I've done my yeah, yeah. research and what yeah. works. And I I actually wasn't going to do either one of them when I came back. I was going to do gas. I've got argon. That wasn't. That was more recently. Yes, this this was the plan. This was the plan when I came back now to do this packing. I was going to do it again, actually complete it. So what happens between July 24th and today? As I was standing back there at the back door, considering what I was going to do, Mm -hmm. some voice popped in my head Mm. that said, call your mom. Uh, You know, I just thought for a second. I was like, "Okay, uh, you know, I'll just do that. Mm -hmm. Called her. And and in all actuality. She should have not answered the phone that day because she she goes to church and she's usually involved in that for a, quite a while. And she has her phone on silent. Mm-hmm. So she shouldn't have answered the phone that day. She answered the phone and, you know, I start bawling, tell her what happened. She had no idea either. She's just as shocked as I am. Mm-hmm. And she actually drove over to my sister's house, which is just a few miles away, got her on the phone with her. And, you know, we just had this whole conversation of me bawling and them bawling, not believing what was going on. Just just unbelievable what what was happening. Mm-hmm. And if I said, look, you need to pack your stuff and get out here. Mm-hmm. If you don't get out here, we'll come out there. And I said, I, I don't want you all out here. So I just I packed a bag and I drove sixteen hundred miles to Tennessee. That was the end of July. That was the night of the 24th. The evening oh, of the shit. 24th. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, this is high stakes. Leave now. Yeah. yeah. Pick it to, don't just get in the fucking car and come. Okay. Kind of yep. liking your mom and your sister here right now. Yeah. Probably the reason why I'm alive right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, my, my family is the only reason I'm alive right now because it sure as hell isn't me. And it sure as hell isn't this world. Mm. And it sure as hell isn't my future. But you wouldn't um, have said that in June. No, I was fine in June. I was fine until that talk. July 23rd, you were okay. That morning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I have my I had my issues during the, you know, the past 18 years, but it was sure. nothing. I, you know, I I I struggle with my imperfections. I struggle with my stupidity sometimes. I, you know, you have people on there that cut. I'm mm-hmm. a hitter. Oh yeah. You like punch yourself in the face? Oh yeah. About a week and a half ago, I punched myself in the head several times because I couldn't go to sleep yeah. and I was just aggravated. And this, it just wound up a little swollen and I had a headache for several days. Uh, nobody can hurt me as bad as I can hurt myself. But sure. Still, I wouldn't want you to punch me. That's okay. But you can, you can appreciate kind of sometimes the absurdity of all of this stuff, you know? It's just oh like, yeah. What? All right. So what, so you were in Tennessee for a few months, it sounds like July, August. Yeah, about three months. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what's that like? I mean, are you suicidal? Oh, yeah. There's not a day that I don't think about it. Sometimes several times a day. Yeah, I'm, I'm with my family. I'm, my dad was alive at the time. I got there about, it was about two weeks before he had a pain in the gut. And I told mom he needs to go to the VA. During that time, they found a tumor on his bladder. Basically, it's inoperable because it would have been very, very intense. And he's, he was 80 years old. He had just turned 80 about a month before. Mm-hmm. and has dementia, had dementia also. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's nothing we could do. They gave him six months to live. Uh, he lived about two. Uh, so I'm there with them. 
Uh, and this is the longest that I've had to deal with, you know, his dementia, his, his stuff. Uh, so it, it was hard. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I'm there, you know, if I go visit, I'm there for a week, maybe two. And, you know, I come back and everything's okay. I don't think about it, but being there every day, dealing with it, it was tough. And then my stuff going on, on top of that, finding a lawyer, having to go through the process, having to deal with her, the, what I had, in, I'm, I'm living out of a suitcase for three months. Right. And trying to have some kind of a life there. You can't. I mean, I'm in limbo. I'm sitting yeah. in a chair most of the day. I did go. I did join the Y and go to the gym every day. Hell, I would have if my body would have let me, I would have been at the gym all day, every day, mm-hmm. because that's kind of the only vacation that I have from this crap. Yeah. How um how close between the car ride there and then the time you spent there? I know, I know we're getting to coming back to Arizona and you talked about gas, yeah. but in that time, did you come close? I, I stayed away from doing it there. Cause I didn't want, I don't want my family. I didn't want my family to find me. I, I thought, I mean, it was a, it was an intense thought while I was there. I even practiced it a few times. I, I unloaded the gun and said, you know, this is how I'm going to hold it. The angle and everything. I studied this. Yeah. I mean, I, I've studied, you know, in the mouth, this angle hit, you know, this part of the brain you're done. But you were thinking about it in Arizona for when you get back. Well, then I, I kind of did some more research and I found out about Argonne, how that was being used overseas. Kid People were using that for their suicide overseas. And I thought, well, that's easy. I've got a bottle of it at home. Nobody will be home to stop me. Nobody will be home to find me because she'll be at her parents' house, which that's where she is now. I've got a 30-day agreement. She stays there, and I'm here packing by myself and dealing with all this by myself. So your your father passes away. Yes. And at some point, you decide you've got to go back to Arizona to take care of yeah, business, yeah. pack up, all that stuff. When you left Tennessee, did you drive back? You must have. You have your car. I did. Yes. Did you think, as best you can recall, like I'm, it's over when I get there. At some point soon after yes. I get there, it's over. Yes. So- one of the things I think about, because I'm like kind of a dark motherfucker, is why wait till you get to Arizona? I don't know. I, I think I wanted to do, I wanted it to affect her to to see what see what this has caused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you weren't fucking around. Yeah. So that begs the question, because I'm talking to you in Arizona. I imagine you're in the process of doing all the stuff you need to do in Arizona. I am. It must be very, very difficult, obviously. It's excruciating. You're here. We're talking. Yes. You're shockingly, this is going to be a huge surprise for the audience. Not dead. Right. Why? How are you here? It's a good question. Thank you. <laughs> I actually, good interviewer. Um, <laughs> I'm trying. I actually, I talked to a friend of mine that I haven't seen in over 20 years. Mm-hmm. This this past Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, we had a three hour conversation because uh, he, he messaged me and he has asked me how I was doing. And uh, it's funny, I got, I actually got drunk the night before I got here in Arizona. I had to stop. So she would have time to leave the house before I got here. So I stopped overnight and it was a little bit early. So it was like, what am I going to do with the rest of this time? And I thought, I haven't been drunk in over 20 years. I think it's a good time to do it. So wow. I got a bottle of Jaeger and that's how I spent my night at the la- that last night at the hotel. And I started texting him because he he sent me a couple messages ask, asking how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I'm I'm doing something I haven't done in over 20 years. I got a bottle of Jaeger and I'm just getting drunk because mm-hmm. I'm tired of feeling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Sure. You know, after I sobered up and after I got back here and, and situated and everything, he texted, asked me how I was doing. And I was, I was like, I'm good. I'm all right. And uh, wound up talking to him for three hours Sunday. He said, look, you've got to stay here for your mom. Your mom needs you right now. Mm. I keep running that through my head. Mm-hmm. I got three dogs here. Nice. My babies. Yeah. My babies. Do you get to keep them? I get. No, I don't. I get to keep one of them. I'm taking one back with me. I was hoping I'd take two, but our our oldest, she's just not in good enough health to go with me out there. We don't, we don't have a house there. It's not a good enough house uh, for her to be yet. She, she'll have to deal with steps and she has hip problems and she has thyroid problems and, and things like that. So she's better off being here. 
right. as much as I hate it. So I'm taking I'm taking my little boy with me, and it's going to help. Yeah. Uh, he sleeps up against me every night. He's always around me, always looking out for me. I had an uh, issue last night where I got mad at myself, and I just started hitting myself. He knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And he got up and he just got right in my just laid right in my face. And I just I just petted him and everything. And, and he licked me and everything. And he just called me down. Yeah. You got your mom and you've got your boy. Yeah. And those yeah. two, those two are are keeping you alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now your your wife will, will live where you are right now speaking to me. Oh yeah. She's enjoying her life. She's got everything. I've lost a lot. I've lost a lot. The only yeah. thing that I'm taking with me is stuff. And I'm not even taking all of it because I can't. There's not enough room at the house right. in Tennessee. I, I'm getting a little bit of a settlement from her. Uh, I get half of her 401k, which really isn't that much. Mm-hmm. But that's it. She gets the house. She gets the two dogs. She gets her. She keeps her life. She actually yeah. got a raise a couple of weeks after we broke up and then she got a, a better job. Which, I'm losing, you know, her, the house, two of the dogs. I love living here in Arizona. I mean, you go, I, I love to hike and I can go five miles, any direction and be on a different trail. And that's not in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They got one park in Tennessee. Um, I love to bike. That's not out in Tennessee unless I want to get run over by a dump truck, which, you know, that's a thought. That's a thought. Do and also, I mean, to state the obvious, she decided. Yes. Yeah, I had no choice. I had no control. Right. I'm sick of having no choice and no control. I've, I've. That's something else that I've felt in my life. I've never had a choice, and I've never had control over things. Yeah, that can that fucking weighs on people hard, man. Real, real, real hard. Real hard. Yeah. The way our arrangement was, I haven't worked for the past 14 years because. I've kept things together here at the house. I've, I've, I guess you could say I've been a homemaker or whatever. I don't know. I've, I mean, we've, we built furniture together several times. I do the metal part and she would do the wood. Mm-hmm. And I, I do, a, they would do welding. I do metal work and I've done stuff like that out of the house. I've kept our vehicles going, keep the house running. I mean, this place looks like crap since I haven't been here. It really does. You know, we just had an agreement where that's what I would do after I you know, lost my last job. And it was you know, at a bad time. It was a recession that time. Yeah, yeah. So that's what our, our agreement was. I'm paying dearly for that. Yep. I'm going to be paying dearly for that. And as that also factors into my decision, too, because honestly, I, I don't see much of a future. It'd be work until I die. I'm kind of hoping dying comes quick. It seems like with the conversation you have with your friend who shared with you what he shared about your mom may have prevented you from taking the gas and ending your life. Yeah. And it sounds like you are planning to get back to Tennessee. Like you'll be there in one place. As far as I know, if if I don't go off the deep end over something, yeah, Yeah. that's in the plan. My my brother-in-law is supposed to fly out here, help me get the U-Haul packed, help me get the car on a trailer and we drive back out. I'm waiting on a company to come pick my truck up. I was hoping they'd already be here this week, but you know, things don't work out. So I'm, I'm in a waiting game with that too. What are your days like packing? Right. Trying trying to stay sane. I've got a, I have a gym in indoor in here, which I'm not going to get to take. Of course, one of those things <laughs> that I, I won't be able to have there, but I do work out every day. I do lift every day. I do yep. elliptical. I've I've gone out and ridden the bike uh, around the neighborhood. I usually ride. Uh, I am planning to do a couple hikes and see some sites I will probably never see again. That's part of what keeps me sane. Yeah. If if I didn't work out, you w- we probably wouldn't be talking. Quite mm-hmm. honestly, because all I all I do is is ruminate on it all day. You want any meds to help? No. No meds, no booze. What are you just working out? Occasional bike ride or hike. That's it. Dog. That's it. That's it. It's all I'm. I'm fighting it in my head. We know how that goes. Yeah. I mean, you could do it for a while, but you're not going to win that fight. Come on, man. 
I'm not telling you what to do. I just know that fucking that shit is almost impossible. I'm I'm honestly, I'm fine with that. Well, you're fine with what are we talking about? Dying? Yes. I always have to be careful with my words too, because I'm not like challenging somebody to kill themselves at all. I don't want that. Yeah. But you know, one of the questions I often ask is like, are you going to, is, is suicide still a possibility or in some, in some, I ask that question in some form, right. Or what is the likelihood? I kind of have an idea with you, right. It's like, we don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I think eventually. Yes. Yeah. It will. Because uh, I have a little bit of philosophy about that. And, and it sounded like I, I was, I was talking, I had my sidearm and I was going to use that to kill myself, mm-hmm. which is it's kind of funny that, I also use that same sidearm to protect myself and my, sure. I would use it to protect my now ex-wife. Sure. So it, I guess that would beg the question. You, you had the sidearm to protect yourself with it. Why would you kill yourself with it? It's about control. I would rather have that in my hands than in the hand of some thug who might screw it up and just mess me up for the rest of my life, of you course. know, and things be worse. I'm not able to do anything or I'm just, I mean, you know, a vegetable or whatever, you know, are you talking about like, like paying someone to do it. No, no. I'm talking about me protecting myself with the same weapon that I would use to shoot myself with that kind of thing. That makes sense That's to it. me. Actually. I get it. Like yeah. gun, guns have multi-purposes. It could be to protect yourself. It could be to take yourself out. It's just a, yeah, exactly. it's a, it's a vehicle in a sense. It's a weapon. Exactly. Exactly. I, I would rather have that control than give that control to somebody else who might right. screw up. But okay, going back to the, is it possible that I will do it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, for several reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I talked about my future. I'm a realist. I've had a lot of people on social media say, "Oh, just look up. Things will get better. Things will get better. Things will get better." I, I'm so sick of hearing platitudes. I hate them. It, it makes me want to vomit every time I, I read yeah. something like that. Yeah, me too. I'm a realist. Yeah. And quite honestly, my future doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. I am not getting married again. I, I'm not having anything to do. I, it's like I told her, she, quite honestly, if God's hand came out from the, the clouds and put Miss Perfect in front of me, I would turn around and walk away. You think so? Because I don't I don't trust anymore. I have no trust, especially in women. I mean, we, we could argue, though you probably won't appreciate this, that if she's Miss Perfect, that she could uh, embrace your lack of trust and work with it. I mean, we're talking about perfection. You can have her. Okay, deal. Let me know. <laughs> yeah, my email. Okay. But but, but God, God would put the Miss Perfect for you, who's not the same person as for me. Now, here's another question, because you brought G-O-D up. What does God say? Whoever your God is, right, about suicide or Trent's maybe suicide, uh, he, she, it okay with that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I won't know till I'm face to face with him. Yeah. I, I've been going to my family's church in Dixon ever since I've been out there. And the preacher's been talking about blessed assurance. Do you know that you're, you know that when you get to heaven, you'll be in and talking about the different aspects and everything. And I I'm sitting there thinking I could have everything right. And I still don't know. I won't know until I walk up to that gate and they say, yay or nay. Mm -hmm. Because I don't have that confidence in myself. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have that confidence in my value. I've also heard somebody else talk about suicide. Uh, their their brother committed suicide, and he talked to a parishioner about it. And he said, "Did my brother brother go to hell, or you know what?" He said, "No, he didn't go to hell because God knew what he was going through here." And and I hope that's right. God knows what I'm. I hope that God knows what I'm going through here, because this is my hell. Quite honestly, the way I see it, this is my hell. And I, I honestly feel like I'm in the thick of it now. Yeah, it sounds like you are. It really does. I don't know if I asked you this, and if you did, and then you answered, and I don't remember, I'm sorry. Why did you want to talk? I Honestly, I don't have a great answer for it. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody will get something out of this. Who knows? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it does let a little of the pressure off. Yeah. Because like I said, I've talked to other, I've talked to suicide hotline a few times and it, it gets the pressure off a little bit. It's just yeah. like a pressure cooker. You, you hit that little button yeah. and, you know, it lets the pressure off before it explodes. And that's kind of what talking about it does to me. Sure. But you're not going to, and correct me if I'm wrong here. You're not, there's a limit to what you're going to share with your sister and your mom. We've talked about stuff and mom knows about when I was a kid mm-hmm. because our scoutmaster was also our preacher at the church. Mm-hmm. And he walked into her shop and told her what happened there. Right. right. So she knew, she knew about that. Mm-hmm. I didn't say much about the recent. I just said I was you know, kind of in a bad place. And I think mom knows I've been depressed. Uh, she even told uh, the preacher at their church while I was breaking down because um, we I talked to that their preacher, too. Mm-hmm. And she she told him that I was I've been depressed for a while. But as as far as what happened and what I'm going through, I don't know that she realizes the severity. If she does, she hasn't really said anything as as far as that goes. One of the last conversations we had before I drove out here, I broke down because she asked me, you know, when are you planning to go back? And I said, really, I don't. And I just you know, broke down and went into a bunch of stuff. You know, she said, look, you and your sister are the best things that has ever happened in my life. So I don't know if that's her way of telling me, you know, don't do it or, or what. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. It may be. But she hasn't right. come out and said anything about me taking myself out. Right. I guess what I'm, yeah. And so part of that question is if you want to talk to somebody and not dilly dally, you know, not like kind of talk about it. It does not sound like you have a long line of people you can call no. on. That That's not uncommon. I don't, it just, it just we, we, people can't seem to deal with it. Yeah. I have friends that say, look, you call me anytime you need. I mean, even my friend right. 20 years ago is call me when you need, you know, if I have to come get you, I will. Yeah, but I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to impose. They've got got their own lives going on. Exactly. They've got their own stuff to deal with. You know, I shouldn't be at the top of their list. Quite honestly, I got you. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I always think of it like if you're in somebody's life and you 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 feel like they're really struggling, fair or not, the person who is in the position of support needs to really be almost like delicately vigilant. Yeah. Because the person's unlikely going to come to you for some of the reasons you just shared. Yeah. And so well, it's and they're spot, 16, but... 2,000 miles away, too. I mean, it's going to take a while. By the time I get here, I might be gone. It's not like I can just come and knock on, you know, knock on the door five minutes later and everything's okay. How many people then know about what you shared with me about the night? I believe it was the afternoon of the night of July 24th. Gun, car. Uh, nobody knows about the gas. I told my wife everything about what happened that day. And of course I told you the response, uh, the suicide. I've, I've talked to the people on suicide hotline because that's, you know, I don't know them. They don't know me. Right. There's the right, stranger yeah. on the train type thing, but I'm not really thinking yeah. about them. Even if it's helpful, I'm talking more like people that I know. No, I've, I, I've, I've just said, look, I had a gun in my hand and I was ready to go. And that's about it. That's about as far as I'd go with it. And then as far as any, you know, I don't tell them about future plans because I don't want them screwing it up if I want to go that route. That's another thing to consider. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. If I want to make that decision, I I want to be able, you know, I I want to do it. I mean, nobody's going to stop me. Even the, you know, the people on suicide hotline say, oh, you're, you have access to firearms. Like, yeah, but that doesn't matter because I have also access access to knives. I have access to, to uh, rope. I have access to gas. I've got right. a mountain a mile away from here that I can jump off of because I've seen it done. Right. I've watched the fire department pluck a guy's body off of it. He jumped off the knoll of the mountain a few years ago. Yeah. Right. They would have to chain me to a, a chair and just leave me alone. And, That's or, what or they would do for a yeah. little while in a hospital because what they care about primarily is making it almost impossible for you to take your life. But eventually, if you want to do it, let me loose. 
Yeah. And you yeah. want to do it, you're gonna do it. We have to yeah. face that reality. That's true for people, and not talking about yeah. that or accepting that is not helping. It's hurting. It's true, right? You know, I ask a question about myths. Um, trying to think about what how that would pertain to your situation. So I suppose I'll just sort of leave it open. In the last, it could be beyond just the last few months, but I suppose that's the real fulcrum of all this. Like, yeah, you know, are there any myths around any of this stuff that you'd want to dispel? I think maybe one, uh, yeah, I've heard that some people say, you know, people that commit suicide are weak. Yeah, we've heard that. They don't understand the battle that happens before that. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people might not have as much of a battle and they just react and that's how it happens. Sure. But I, I mean, I've been battling these demons for <laughs> a long damn time. Yeah. And they've been really hard these past few months. Yeah. And I mean, some days it's minute by minute and, and some days I'm OK, quite honestly. Well, okay. I, I get busy and, and everything's fine. But yes, uh, day before yesterday and today, I go driving down the road and I, and I just see all this stuff that's going to be gone here in a couple of weeks that I'm not I'm never going to see again. Right. And it hits me. Yeah, it hits me. It's it's a fight. Also, the. The whole selfishness thing about it. Yeah, maybe there is a little bit of selfishness in it, but I also see that what I'm going through now is also burdening my family, mm-hmm. quite honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they say that, you know, they understand that I'm going to go through this for a while, but I also see that they're getting tired of it. You know, what's it going to be like? And because I've been, I mean, I've been in this relationship for 18 years. Mm-hmm. It's not like I can just, Drop it and everything's fine. It's going to be a long time. What are they going to be like, you know, a year from now? I mean, the freaking holidays are coming up. I have no inclination at all of celebrating any freaking holiday for a long time. I don't want to celebrate. I don't even want to celebrate my birthday. I I was like that before, but I'm really like that now. Shit on my birthday. Who cares? Mm -hmm. I know that it's burdening them. Do you think what you said about weakness and selfishness with respect to all of this stuff, however our paths crossed six months ago or six years ago, do you think you would have said the same thing or did you need to go through this to sort of get that? You know, I always kind of understand that you know, people are going through you know, their stuff. I probably I didn't think about it as much back then. So I don't know what my answer would have been, quite honestly. I kind of understand you know, that that people deal with their stuff their way, just like I do my way, just like you do your way. Sometimes it just makes sense. Sometimes it just makes sense. I've also developed the the philosophy that I believe we should be in control of our own end. Pro-choice. Yes. Pro-choice in that aspect. Right. I got not, in this, this, yes. not in the other in this I'm an adult. I, I have I'm of clear conscience. I'm going yeah. through shit. I'm tired of it. When you ask you, you know, I've, you've asked if there's a possibility of it happening. Yes, there very much is. Part of it is because I've also I've watched my grandparents age yeah. and just their health going down, their abilities going away. My granddad was my granddad worked a public job in his 90s. And he was very self-sufficient, very strong man. And then he got a perforated colon and it was downhill from there. And it was so hard to see this once strong man wind up in a nursing home. He was depressed, too. He was depressed sure, because he couldn't do he couldn't go out and do things anymore. Yeah. And then watching my dad suffer through this cancer and this dementia. It, it was really hard. He looked like he came out of a concentration camp. Jesus. He would always wear like a little jacket because he was always cold. And he he had that jacket off one time and I walked into his room and I just saw just how how bony his shoulders were and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and at that time, he was still eating. He was probably around 100 pounds. He was about my I'm five seven. He's about my height. And uh, just seeing that it, it was disturbing two weeks before he finally died he stopped eating Mm -hmm. 
thankfully the day two days before he died he just went to sleep and never woke up it's a good way to go that's why i thought about gas because it's go to sleep and never wake up i helped the hospice nurse kind of check him over he rolled him over just to see how clean he was and he didn't if he weighed 80 pounds i'd be shocked because he was that light I don't want to see my, I don't want to have to go through that, especially if I'm going to be by myself. Yeah. Riding solo in a state or a place you probably don't want to be in. Right. Work stuff, money stuff, health stuff. Also, it sounds like you just, this wasn't the plan. No. I mean, I'm just, I'm I'm short on words here, but just like shock, grief. My plan was until death do us part. Yeah. My plan was until death do us part. And I held those words sacred. And she said she held those words sacred until she didn't. My past kind of got screwed. My last question, then you could add anything you want. And this isn't loaded. I'm just a curious guy. Assume you're Christian. Am I right? Yes. Pretty sure one of the main tenets, maybe the main one is forgiveness. Mm. Is that in the cards? And that's actually for both yourself and I'm going to go out on a limb here. Maybe you can tell me to go fuck myself, but for her. Not for her. No. She destroyed a family. If I live through this, she, she's ruined my life. And she went against vows that I consider sacred, that we should have yep. considered sacred, to yep. chase after a disgusting, perverted fantasy. That is clear how you feel. That is exactly how I feel. Yeah. And I'm sorry that I know some of the people you talk you talk to believe that that's okay. I don't. Even if people who hear this don't agree with you, that's part of it. It's okay. That's yeah. fine. Well, there's a lot of people that won't agree with a lot of what we're talking about, even people that listen to this about other things. So it doesn't matter it, for me anyway, and I hope for you. You get to feel how you want to feel, even if it's super unpopular. And it's probably yeah. not unpopular, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it just, yeah. for me, it's irrelevant. You get to decide what the fuck you want to do and say. As far as forgiveness for me, I don't think so. I stay angry at myself because yeah. I'm, I've made these decisions. I put myself here. Sure. I'm just I'm as I'm just as his fault as, as she is. I said, yes, I don't know. And it may stem from my childhood that, you know, I'm not perfect and it makes me mad at myself. Yeah. So I, I do have an issue with forgiveness for myself and for her. I, and I wish I could understand what you mean by your comment around perfection, but given that I am perfect, it's hard for me to get it. I'm just <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel you, ma'am. I don't understand. I don't pretend to get it, so to speak, but I do empathize yeah. with pain. Any other thoughts that you want to share before I thank you and we get back to our lives, whether we want to or not? <laughs> I don't know. I think I've pretty much gotten everything out that I Good. Think about. Nice. I'm glad that that feels complete, if that's the right word. You know, you got it out. Yeah. But yeah, man, I really appreciate it. I'm glad you, uh, I don't know if the word's glad, but you found it, you reached out, we got to talk. And I do think people will hear it and, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll probably never meet them or hear from them, but it probably helps. Right. Do you ever get feedback on any of your, yeah, any of your stories? People, people leave reviews. Some people email or message me. It's almost always yeah. something positive. A few people say weird shit, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, given what we're talking about and how I tend to talk about it and approach it, I'm really surprised there aren't more people that have not said negative things. Yeah. I am. But it's mostly been like, hey, thank you type thing. Yeah. That helped type thing. Well, from what I've been seeing on social media, this is something that a lot of people are dealing with, especially a lot of men. A lot of men, a lot of middle-aged men. Yes. Well, and that's, uh, maybe that's something that I would put in is, you know, uh, as far as what I was talking about in the future, I'm a 50-year-old white guy, kind of the enemy right now, as far as society goes. Even though I haven't done anything, uh, you know, I haven't gone and done any harm to anybody. It's just because I'm a 50-year-old white guy, I'm a piece of crap. We had our time, Trent. It's others' time now. So sit the fuck back and shut the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Mm, that's tough, too. That's tough, too. And there will be people that hear this. I know that are like, well, too fucking bad, Trent. You know, I know that's out there. Right. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not helping out there. I'm, but sure, hey. I'm sure a lot of my wife's friends are like that, too. That's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's like adding fuel and fuel and fuel to fire. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I never tell people what to do or how to feel, and they wouldn't listen to me anyway. So you are going to do what you do. But I do hope whatever you do, I hope in the process, there's a little bit of what's the word, lightness. And there's a little bit of peace, if that's possible, and just something to make your days bearable. That's what I'll share. That's what I'll end with. Yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, I hope that I'm wrong about all this. I hope that those people that say, hey, your future is going to be bright. You know, God's got a, you know, God's got his plan for you, blah, blah, blah. I hope they're right. I honestly do. And I hope that I'm around to see it and I change my view on things. Right. Possible. It's possible. Right. But, but like I said, I'm a realist. So, you know, right. You know. And it may not happen. Let's keep it real. Yep. It may happen. It very well may not happen. That's just the way it is. Right. All right. All right. Mr. Trent in Arizona. Thanks once again. Really, I appreciate it. And um, hang in there as best you can. Yep. All right. I appreciate it. Take care, Trent. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Bye. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. Special thanks to Trent in Arizona, or maybe now Tennessee. Thank you, Trent. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com, on Facebook or Twitter at SuicideNoted, and check the show notes. There's other ways to reach out to us. There's ways you can support, sponsor us, participate in other things we're involved in and we're excited about. So just have a quick look. And of course, if you have a moment or two, rate and review this podcast if you listen on Apple. It really does, legitimately does help other people find this podcast. And perhaps those people need to find it so they can feel a little less shitty and a little less alone. That is all for episode number 142. Stay strong. Do the best you can. I'll talk to you soon.